0: Did you bring your Bible this morning? I've decided you need it today. That's supposed to be a joke. You kind of need it every week. Hold up your Bible and show me that you have it. Great. I want engaged listeners this morning because this place has a few distractions you may have already noticed. So we're going to get in the word in a second. But first, let me say this. Um, The truth about a product is often different than what the product advertises. The truth about a product is often different than what the product actually advertises. There was a few people who decided to run funny ads of products and they changed the slogans to say what the product really is saying. So here's the first one. Uh, This is what you would call a $2,000 Facebook machine. (laughs) Imagine if they advertised it for what it really is. Apple computer, a $2,000 Facebook machine. Here's the next one. Imagine seeing this up on a billboard. Lego, the bane of your foot 's existence, the truth how about the next one? the truth about mcdonald 's because you only have four dollars mcdonald 's and how about this last one? Nike, just buy it. We put the logo on it, so just buy it. <laughs> well, the truth about a product is often different than what the label says, but This morning, we're going to talk about the truth about a person. The truth about a person. If Jesus walked around wearing a t-shirt that said who he truly is, boy, it would make it a lot easier to solve the argument. And here, 2,000 years later, people are still debating, who was he? Who did he claim to be? Who was he? Well, we're going to deal with that today. The truth about the person, Jesus. Specifically, did Jesus claim to be God? Did he or didn't he Prove it to me. That's the topic for today. Let's pray, and then we'll hear from Jesus himself. Father above, thank you for your word, which is truth. Thank you for your provision that we get to worship in this school, even though we're in the gym today. Give us ears to hear, give us focus and clarity. May your word penetrate all distractions so that we would hear clearly from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We are going to bounce around the book of John today, which makes this a different kind of sermon from what you're normally used to. Everybody look at the person next to you and say, this is different. No, I mean, kind of with like a southern drawl. This is different. It's different. Usually I take one passage in the Bible and we stay there and we just work our way verse by verse through there. But we're going to bounce around a little so I can show you what the Bible says about who Jesus is. And in John chapter 21, let me give you a little context. In John chapter 21, Jesus is meeting up with Peter and his disciples days after Jesus came back from the dead. That's all done. Cross, Easter, Good Friday, done, done. Jesus meets up with his disciples to talk to them. That's that's where we're at in, in the book of John 21. But you have to understand what happened before this to know what's going through Peter's mind. You see, the night before Jesus was crucified, they had the Last Supper. And do you remember Jesus said, you're all going to fall away? Remember that? And what did Peter say? Not me, though all fall away, I will never, ever, ever fall away and, and deny you. A <laughs> little overconfident, just a little bit. And do you remember what Jesus said to him? Will you, Peter? Because this very night before the rooster crows two times, you will deny me three times. Now, just let that soak in for a moment. Before the rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. So here's how this went down. Jesus was captured, and Peter followed, and then somebody started, and hey, you know him, you know him. Peter said, I never knew him. And then the rooster crowed once. Who wants to be the rooster? Anybody want to be the rooster? Anybody can be the rooster. Uh, all right, here we go. I never knew him. Good, you did a great job. We had awful roosters in the first service. Man. I never knew him, rooster crows. Peter heard that. But then a little while later, you know him. No, I never knew him. Then a little later, no, you're with, you're one of them. No, I'm not. Twice. Okay, now I'm having some fun with it here, but think think about this. Do you know anyone in your life who's pretty spontaneous and you can never predict what's going to come out of their mouth? Raise your hand if you know someone like that. You never know what's going to come out of their mouth. Peter was that guy? Jesus said, here's what's going to come out of your mouth. Here's how many times it's going to come out of your mouth. And just for fun, I'm going to throw in an animal and tell you how many times the animal is going to crow. Jesus told Peter what he was going to say, when he was going to say it, before he said it. How did Jesus know that? So... Days and days and days go by. And by the way, do you remember what happened? Peter was crushed. In fact, while Jesus was on trial for his life, when the rooster crowed the second time, Jesus just turned around for a moment and gave Peter a look and then turned back to dying for Peter. And Peter was crushed and he went outside and he wept. He told me in advance and I still did it. Right? So, so days and days and days go by. And then Jesus comes back. And now Peter's got a chance to talk to him. And guess what? He's still thinking about this. So now look in John 21, verse 17. That's where we're at. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? Peter said to him, Lord, listen, Lord, you know everything. Lord, you. You told me what I was going to say before How did you know? You know, you timed the mob dragging you from house to house with my mouth with an animal and got it all right. You know everything. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Wow. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. Did Jesus claim to be God? Well, write this down. Jesus was omniscient omniscient. He revealed to those around him that he knew things that could not be known any other way. Jesus is omniscient. The definition of omniscient is this. He knows everything like God alone. Only God knows everything. If Jesus truly knows everything, Jesus is God. Jesus is omniscient like God alone. Let me define the word omniscient for you. Omniscient means this. Omniscient means that Jesus knows everything about everything. Omniscient also means that Jesus is wiser than all knowledge available to us in this world. Omniscient also means that Jesus knows everything without ever learning anything. He never has learned anything new. Why? Why? Because all of the information programmed into this world came from a superior intellect that has to exceed this world. Therefore, this knowledge and this wisdom is embedded in his being. God is wise and intelligent. And he's put intelligence and wisdom in this world. And he's never learned anything from it. That's what it means for Jesus to be omniscient he knows everything about everything hey how sweet would it be to know everything how cool would it be if you really knew every are you faced like i am weekly with the limitations of your own knowledge i'll tell you what makes me feel like i really don't know very much each week is my fantasy football league okay i'm not doing so great i'm four and four because i don't know everything I'd be doing better if the experts knew everything, but they don't know everything either. <laughs> now, if Jesus had a fantasy football league, he would win every week. And I tell you what, if you looked at his lineup, you'd think he <laughs> he put Jimmy Graham on the bench. <laughs> and then Jimmy Graham gets zero points. How did he know? He knew in advance. He'd send you some crazy trades. He'd, why? Because he knows everything about everything before it actually happens he knows everything there's no limitation to his knowledge he could outlecture anyone from any time period on any topic he can make einstein feel like a preschooler because he knows everything this is omniscience but i want to be accurate with you and some of you may be wondering wait a minute i seem to remember jesus sometimes not knowing some stuff like one time in a crowd he said who touched me i thought he knew everything or or like he said one time, that only the Father knows the time of the end and the Son doesn't even know. So there were some things he didn't know. Okay, Jesus became human. He added 100% humanity to his deity, making him 100% man and 100% God at the same time. We would say that the Bible reveals that Jesus had two natures living in one person. That means that he had a mind as human as your mind. Okay, He didn't come out of the womb knowing two plus two. He had to learn things and his human brain grew and developed just like you and me over time. Okay, We know that he had to learn to walk. He had to learn to spell. He had to learn to read. He had to learn to write. The reason that is, is because he decided in becoming human to voluntarily limit exercising his deity. Did you catch that? In becoming human, he decided to voluntarily limit exercising his deity. He took on a human body. He took on a human mind. But both were in him at the same time. It's probably good. Mary and Joseph were probably grateful that Jesus didn't always walk around acting like God. He didn't always walk on water, right? Sometimes he fell in. Okay, which is good, because come bath time, you know, (laughs) your son won't get in the bathtub. Well, throw him in. No, no, he's in the tub. He's just sitting on the water, refusing to go in the tub. Thankfully, he wasn't always acting like God. Okay, in fact, what you find is, most of the time, throughout his plus 30 years of existence, most of the time, Jesus was acting just human. But there were a few times where he would give us a glimpse of, of the reality that even while on earth, he was God. So he's taken the math test, and man, talk about being tempted to cheat. Man, I could take this test with what I've learned so far as a human, or I could click on that file labeled Omniscience, but I won't. I'll just get the B and be like everyone else. So we have to be clear that Jesus. Is omniscient, he knew everything, but he added a human mind to his being, so he was both at the same time. Write this down. If this is true, it means that he knows everything about me past, present, and future. He knows everything about me past, present, and future. Hold your place in John 21 and turn back to John 4. Turn back to John 4. Uh, Our elder, Mike Kioski, preached on this passage a while back, but uh, we meet a woman at the well here, very famous story in John chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse uh, John 4:13, chapter 4, verse 13. And we pick up the conversation right in the middle. We just need to hear this part where in John 4:13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of life, uh, water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. All right, listen to this. Jesus said to her, okay, go call your husband and come here. We don't have a video of this event, but if we had it on tape, I guarantee you, when Jesus said, go call your husband and come back, the woman went like this, blink, blink. Blink, what do I say? The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you've had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you said is true. Blink, blink. Even if she was married with each of these guys for two years, Jesus just told her ten years of her life. And it's the first day he met her. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet and look down in verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Hey, he knows everything about you past. Do you know Jesus knows everything that you've ever done in your past? Are there some things that you haven't even told anybody that you've done ever? There's some things that have happened to you in the past. No one or almost no one knows about that. Hey, Jesus knows everything about your past. He could tell you could be like, okay, six years, 232 days, five hours, 15 seconds go. And he could be like, you were here doing this next. He knows everything about your past. He knows everything about your present. He could tell you everything that's going on in your life right now. Things you know and things you don't know. He could fully inform you about your present right now. He knows everything about your future. Listen. Jesus knows everything about your future. Five years, 200 days, six minutes. He could tell you what's going on. Really? Where's that in the Bible? Look back to John 21. Look back to John 21. Still talking to Peter now. <clears throat> and in John 21, let's look at verse 18. John 21, verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. He just told Peter about his future. He just told Peter how he's going to die. Peter, according to church tradition, would live into the late 60s, AD 60s, which puts him in perhaps, uh, uh, he could have been in his 60s, he could have been in his uh, late 50s, early 70s, who knows, but he was an old man, maybe a grandpa. Jesus said, when you are old. That's kind of interesting, because Peter just basically got told that he's going to live until he's old, so he could do whatever he wants, right? Skydiving? I'm in. Running with the bulls? All right, let's do it. Picture his grandkids maybe saying, like, what's Grandpa Peter doing now? Jesus said, I'm going to be old. (laughs) And church tradition says that when Peter was old, he he was crucified upside down. They stretched his arms out, and Jesus told him in advance, that's how he's going to die. Jesus told him in advance when he would die. Jesus told Peter his future before it happened, before it happened. Wow. Jesus knows everything about you, past, present and future. You know, he also, knew, he also knew when he was walking the earth what people were even thinking. Mark two 8, let's put that up on the screen. Jesus was around a crowd of people. It says, and immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why, why do you question these things in your hearts? Meaning, Jesus just kind of did this and then said, why are you thinking that inside? And they're like, huh? He was reading their mind. Do you know movie characters who could read minds? Here's Professor Xavier uh, from the X-Men. He's uh, telepathic is the word. He could read and control minds. And uh, Jesus displayed in the Bible that he knew what people were thinking. How much does Jesus know? Everything. Everything about you, past, present, future. It would be pretty cool as parents to have the ability to read our kids' minds, right? Who started it? He did. She did. He did. She did get upstairs, you're in big trouble. (laughs) I mean, like, why wasn't that a spiritual gift, right? Telepathy. You can't get away with any. Jesus had it. He knows everything. Therefore, write this down. Therefore, he speaks with ultimate authority on all matters of truth and knowledge. Because he knows everything, he's not just one opinion of many. He's not just one perspective of a thousand. He's not just a a good person to reference in the footnotes of your beliefs. He is the truth. Truth emanates from his being. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Wow. Truth is a person because it comes from an all-knowing being named Jesus. Well, Jesus claimed to be omniscient, and if he knows everything like God, that means he's God. But here's the second one. You can write this down. Jesus claimed to be omnipotent. He can do everything like God alone. Write that down. Omnipotent. Omnipotent means having the ability to do everything. And if only God can do everything, and if Jesus can do everything, that makes him God. The definition of omnipotent means stronger than all power contained within this universe. There's so much power and energy in this universe through the form of heat or light or force, add it all up. Add it all up. And there needs to be a greater source of power that gave this universe its power. And Jesus demonstrated that he is omnipotent. Just think of the power found in this universe. Here's here's a picture of the atomic bomb going off. Okay, all of the energy and power released in the form of heat and motion and light How? Finding out how to cut into this teeny little gizmo called an atom. We we could just get a knife small enough to shoot. All of this energy released. Who put all this power in the universe? A greater source of power. And Jesus is omnipotent. Do you know how much power was put into this universe by a greater source of power? Do you know that when a star grows unstable and then it explodes and goes what's called supernova? Do you know when all the energy in one star is fully released in an instant, it releases more light and energy than the whole galaxy it is in? Just briefly. Think of how much energy was put into this universe. Then think about billions of billions of galaxies filled with power, and then try and comprehend what sort of being could have more power than all of that combined. That being's name is Jesus. Did he really, did he really display that, though, that he's omnipotent? Well, here's the things Jesus showed he has power over. Write this down. Jesus displayed he has power over nature fill that in power over nature. He's asleep on the boat, they wake him up and say there's a storm, we're going to die and Jesus gets up and says, "Peace, be still." <laughs> and the weather is like, "Okay, boss." Like Jesus didn't have to wake up and check the weather channel app. He just in his own heart was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go with 75 and partly cloudy." Controlled the weather. Power over nature. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Here's the next one. Jesus demonstrated power over sickness. Power over sickness. The blind who had never seen in their life with the touch of his hand suddenly saw. The deaf who had never heard anything at his voice began to hear. The lame who had never walked suddenly at his command sprang up with strength like they had never lacked it. He demonstrated power over all sickness in addition to that over every disability. He after Peter chopped off the guy's ear, he just walked up and reattached the ear with his hand. You're welcome. Duck next time. Power over sickness. Third, he demonstrated power over demons. Power over demons. You know the story of the man who was possessed, the Bible says, by thousands of evil spirits. You know how strong one demon is? One, one demon is so strong. I mean, let's put it into perspective here. Demons are like as strong as Wookiees. <laughs> Think Wookie. Okay, one demon could like rip your arm off. And this guy filled with thousands of demons runs to Jesus. Now, I want to act this out a little bit, okay? I'm going to... So, Bob, stand up here. Bob, stand up here. Okay? Right up here. Okay? You get to be Jesus. I get to be the man filled with a thousand demons. All right? Now, they've tried chaining me up several times, Bob, but I broke the chains. I'm so strong. All right? I live in a graveyard. That's how creepy I am. All right? And it says in the Bible that this guy ran up to Jesus and then fell down on his face and said, please, don't hurt me. Why have you come, son of man? Why have you come? Stronger, weaker. Thank you, Bob. Makes a good Jesus, doesn't he? (laughs) The guy filled with the demons begged for mercy. And then Jesus, when he healed him and Spirits went into the pigs. The pigs ran down the hill. Then all the townsmen, guess what? They're no longer afraid of this guy. It says that they were afraid of Jesus. And they said, can you just like leave? Because we're pretty freaked out about that. They asked Jesus to leave because they were now afraid of him. How strong is Jesus? Stronger than demons. Stronger than sickness. Stronger than nature. What else? Well, he's got power over sin. Write that down. He's got power over sin. Every once in a while when someone would show an expression of faith, Jesus would say, your sins are forgiven. And then all the religious people would be like, why does he say that? Who who can forgive sins but God? Why does he keep saying your sins are forgiven? It's like Jesus is stepping into God's court of law, looking at the charges and saying, yep, I forgive it. He claimed legal authority or power to free the sinful. Who could do that? Finally, he Demonstrated power over death. You know, Jesus interrupted every funeral he ever attended. There was one where this, uh, this woman lost her son. She, he was the only one to take care of her, and the funeral was over. They had him in the casket, and the pallbearers had him lifted up. They're carrying him to the tomb, okay? And Jesus just walked right up, stopped him, walked right up, and just touched the box. And the guy sat up and he's like, Whoa! Yeah, I'm crowd surfing! And then the pallbearers, you know, like dropped him. Look out! <laughs> Wouldn't you drop him? <laughs> then he died again and Jesus raised him again. And <laughs> he raised the dead. Lazarus, come out! With his voice, he raised the dead. He demonstrated, he even interrupted his own funeral, threw him in the tomb rose again. He has power over death. How powerful is Jesus? Well, if he has power over nature and sickness and demons and sin and death, he has power over everything. And if he has power over everything that makes him, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay, well, because Jesus is omnipotent, that means something to you. Write that down. Or here's, write this down. It means this. First, he has overthrown your strongest adversaries of Satan, sin, and death. What makes Jesus so special? And why would I ever tell somebody who follows another belief system about Jesus? Um, only Jesus has power to overthrow your adversaries. Like Satan, maybe you think it's foolish to believe that there's this evil being in the spiritual realm named Satan. Maybe you think it's foolish that there are demons that have thrown heaven into uproar and that that conflict spills over into our world, that you are tempted by beings who want to ruin you. Okay, but I've never seen into the spiritual realm and I'm going to trust the one who lives there. And he says there's war. And he says you're going to be tempted. And guess what? You have no power to resist temptation unless you have Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says you are under the authority of the enemy. And only Jesus can break you free from the power of spiritual darkness. In addition, your own sin, you're in bondage, you're handcuffed, you're chained. Just try and change and maybe you'll make a few steps of progress. But you'll find out real fast your sin is stronger than you. And Jesus lived a perfect life and never sinned. And now he has the power to free you from your sin. And what about death? Go ahead and just try and save yourself from your own death. Studies have been done extensively and they show consistently one out of every one person will die. That includes you. There was a Time Magazine article recently on the cover. I didn't really read it, but the cover is all that I needed to see. It says, can Google solve death? Can Google solve death? I already know the answer, and the answer is no. Can Google solve death? No. Can Jesus solve death? Uh, he came back. So what makes Jesus so different from Mohammed or Buddha or Confucius or any other religious teacher? It's that no other person who's ever lived is stronger than evil, stronger than sin, stronger than death. Only Jesus. Only Jesus is omnipotent. Second, he's sustainer of everything. These are the sub points here. He's overthrown your strongest adversaries. Next, he's the sustainer of everything. The word sustainer means Jesus keeps the entire universe operating as it's supposed to operate with his own strength. In other words, if he sneezed wrong and took his hand off of the wheel of the universe, we'd all just vaporize. Does the Bible really teach that? Well, yeah, check it out. Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says this. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the what? That's your line. And he upholds the... By the word of his power. Jesus keeps the whole universe together. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says that he was there at the Father's side creating the universe. Here it says he's holding it all together Moment by moment, check this out. This is a picture of our solar system. and and this is supposed to be uh, uh, to show us the comparison of the size of our Earth, one, two, three, to our sun. Hey, you like boomerang around that thing every year, and something keeps you from getting sucked in and burned up. I wrote this down once before. We are specks of dust clinging to a cannonball blasted into space orbiting an incinerator you boomerang around certain doom once a year who keeps that together right jesus and it's not just out there do you know that at the earth's core here's a picture of a model of what the earth's core do you know what the earth's core they're estimating that it's 10,000 degrees fahrenheit which is as hot as the surface of the sun under your feet you're walking over a sun Every, and you're worried about grubs getting into your lawn. Okay, what if something breaks through from underneath? You're just like incinerated. Think about that the next time you mow your lawn. Don't cut it too close to the ground. Ten thousand degrees right under me. This sun over me. Who's keeping me from certain destruction? Well, somebody's keeping it all together, and the Bible says that's Jesus. Jesus controls the chaos of your universe. Listen, whatever control you think you wield over your life is an illusion. An illusion. You are subject to so many forces that are out of your control. Within you, in the molecular scale, outside of you, at the universals. You have no control, really, over your world. Jesus has total control. Write this down. He can firmly hold together, therefore, all the uncertainties of your life. He can firmly hold together all the uncertainties of your life. If he has all power. Hey, it seems like chaos. Hey, it seems senseless and random. Hey, it seems beyond your ability to control. But listen. Listen. This universe is so mobile and unstable. Turns out God is the only unchanging stable thing in your world. Everything else is changing and beyond your control. I don't know what it is that's making you feel powerless. I don't know what uncertainty in your life makes you feel that you can't control it. I can tell you in my life, one of the things that makes me feel like I just have no control over this is uh, our housing situation. We, Lauren and I tried to sell our house back in 2009 when we were working to launch the church in 2008 we listed it we put the sign out front we had the balloons on the sign we had an open house to tell people that we're going to sell our house and we reminded the lord that we're moving to do his work (laughs) and we prayed and we had our launch team fast and and then nobody came to the open house we sat on the couch just looking outside like little puppies where is everybody nobody got nobody came we prayed. Couldn't sell the house. Made me feel so out, like I couldn't control the housing market. And um, the Lord finally led us to rent it out. And he he brought like along the world's most perfect renter in the world. This is the single mom. And she she told us, "Well, I'll just pay you the whole rent up front each year." because I don't really like writing out checks. So she gives us the whole year's rent once a year. She's done it for four years. And here you go, because she doesn't like writing out checks. (laughs) World's best renter. That made me feel like maybe God's got some control over this thing. Then we needed a house to move into. And it's like Lauren's great aunt or something who was in her 90s. And the family told us, well, she's got a house. You can rent the house. You know, but once she goes along, then we're going to sell it. You'll probably only be able to stay there for a year. Well, four years later, she was still ticking, right? So four years we get to stay. Well, she just recently passed away. So now here we are again. Well, what are they going to do? There's eight kids all trying to figure out what to do with mom's house. We don't know. But see, God's taught me that he's in complete control. I don't know what's making you feel like you don't have control right now. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's your health. Jesus is in complete control. Listen, Jesus is in complete control. You can trust him because he has all power and he can do anything. He has all knowledge. He has all power. Here's the third one. Jesus showed that he's omnipresent, which means he is everywhere everywhere like God alone. If Jesus knows everything, and only God knows everything, Jesus is God. If Jesus can do anything, and only God can do anything, then Jesus is God. If Jesus is everywhere at the same time, like only God, then he's God. Check out, look back to John chapter 1 in your Bibles, John chapter one going to meet this guy named Nathaniel in John chapter 1. Nathaniel's a little skeptical, just like Thomas was, and In John chapter one, they're trying to tell him, hey, come and meet, uh, come and meet the one who we think is the Christ. Come on over there and meet. And Nathaniel didn't really know if uh, if he wanted to meet Jesus, but he brought him there. And in John chapter one, uh, verse 47, it says this. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Okay, this is a little weird, but Jesus Jesus meets Nathanael. Hello, I'm Nathanael. Hello, I'm Jesus. And he says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael's like, have we met? I don't know you. Have we met? And Jesus is like, yeah, you know, before Philip uh, invited you, when you were under the tree over there, I was watching you. See those Geico commercials, like somebody's watching you with those weird eyeballs that are watching. And it's not like Jesus was looking through the bushes like, oh, this is going to freak him out. I'm going to tell him that I saw, who knows what he was doing. Was he praying? Was he asking God something? We don't know. Taking a nap? We don't know. Jesus said, you were there. I was here and I was there. Figure it out. What does Nathaniel say? Nathaniel figures it out real fast. Verse 49 Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you'll see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. If you know your Old Testament, that's kind of a reference to when Jacob f- thought that he found the place where God could come down to earth. And uh, he saw this ladder. And Jesus is like, yeah, I, I'm the connection between the spiritual realm and the earthly realm. I'm everywhere. And I'm here at the same time. Meaning Jesus claimed to be omnipresent. Well, well, did he do that elsewhere? Did he? Yeah, there were times where he was standing there and they're like, let's go. Lazarus is sick. Lazarus is sick. Lazarus is sick. And Jesus is like, Lazarus is dead. They're like, how do you know that? Because I'm here and I'm there at the same time. They didn't have text messaging. Lazarus is dead. Oh, he was just kind of like, Lazarus is dead. There was another time where the disciples were on their way to Jesus and they're talking, talking. And they got there and Jesus is like, what were you talking about on the way? And they're all like, because they were... Arguing over who's greater. No, I'm greater. No, I'm greater. No, I'm greater. And then they got to Jesus and he's like, what were you guys talking about? And they're like, nothing. And then Jesus went on to lecture them about the greatest in the kingdom and humility. Why? Because I'm here and I'm there at the same time. This is mind-boggling, but Jesus claimed to be omnipresent everywhere at the same time, like God alone. There are some places in this universe I really wouldn't want to be. Have you seen the movie Gravity? Who's seen the movie Gravity? It's pretty good. But here's a picture from the movie Gravity. Up in space, Sandra Bullock, she's up there and George Clooney. And then somehow she gets like her cord breaks and she goes flying off into space. She thinks she's going to die. That's a place I wouldn't want to be. There are places in this universe where we're just not kind of supposed to go, right? Jesus is everywhere in the universe at the same time. He's immense. His being is bigger than the boundaries of this entire universe. Wow. Wow. He's omnipresent. But here's the thing. God is everywhere at the same time, but God is not everywhere in the same way at the same time. So it's true that God can make his presence known in a special way in a certain place. That's why in the Old Testament, when Solomon was commissioning the temple, God showed up. God let his glory fall in a special way and filled the temple with his presence. Theologians call this the manifest presence of God. God manifesting his presence in a special way. Here's the thing. Even though Jesus is everywhere like God, Jesus is also locally The full disclosure of the presence of God. He is the presence of God. Colossians 2, 9 to 10 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Jesus is God. He's everywhere like God alone. And wherever he is, he is God. What does that mean to you? Well, there's a couple things you can write this down because Jesus is omnipresent. He will discipline me, making me righteous and holy. God sees everything. So make sure there's nothing for God to see in your private, personal life. And there were times, like I just mentioned, where Jesus would say to one of his followers, hey, Peter, what, what were you just talking to them about outside? Why? To correct something he did. Because God sees everything, Jesus will discipline you to make you righteous and holy. And here's the last one. Jesus can therefore guide and shepherd me through every season of life. Jesus said to his disciples, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And look at what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.16 when he's on trial for his life. Afraid he's going to be condemned to death. He says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. Listen, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. Jesus is omnipresent so he can be with you no matter what you are going through. So there's the question. Did Jesus claim to be God? Well, he showed that he was omniscient. He knows everything. Hey, what do you need him to reveal to you? What are you? Where are the limitations of your own knowledge giving Jesus an opportunity to show up in your life? Ask him. Jesus showed he's omnipotent, he has all power, he can do anything. Hey, what is it in your life where you would say, with man, this is impossible? This is impossible. Hey, here's your opportunity to come to Jesus and say, I want you to do what only you can do. Jesus is omnipresent. Where are you right now that you feel like no one can understand? No one can be here with me. I can't believe life has driven me here. Hey, hey, he wants to be there with you. Invite him to walk with you. He will never leave you. Did Jesus claim to be God? He knows everything, he can do everything, and he's everywhere at the same time. Yes, yes, he did. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm just so awestruck at this truth. And I I say with those in the New Testament who encountered you, they would just say, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Jesus, we say the same thing. You are the Lord. You are the Lord of heaven. You are the Lord of earth. And you deserve our full allegiance and trust. Lord, increase our faith so that it would become unshakable. Lord, increase our understanding of your love for us so that we know your presence. Lord, increase our understanding of your power so that we will pray that you would do great things. Show us, Lord Jesus, that you alone are the only constant, unchanging thing in our lives. May you be our anchor as we cling to you, for you are our Savior and our God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.